0: Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply.
1: So last week, Congress did something it hadn't done in 35 years.
2: Subcommittee on the Constitution, Civil Liberties and Civil Rights is now... Session. We will come
1: I held forward. a hearing on the Equal Rights, Rights Amendment, a blanket rule to meant said. to assure women's equality.
2: We know that when women are treated with equal dignity and respect in the workplace, and the home, by our institutions of government and our society at large, all of the American people stand to benefit. And we know that a simple but fundamental guarantee of equality should be welcomed rather than feared.
1: I watched the hearing, and I have to say, if you've spent the last few months watching, like, Bill Barr testify,
3: (laughs) the vibe was
1: very different. (laughs) It was. It was like a celebration. It was. This is Carol Jenkins. She's the president of the ERA Coalition. On C-SPAN, you could see her front and center, nodding and smiling. She was a few seats down from Alyssa Milano, just behind Patricia Arquette.
3: We were there in white, that suffra- uh, suffragist white. These are women who have been working for the Equal Rights Amendment their entire adult lives. And to actually finally get someone to say in Congress, yes, you're important enough for us to discuss your equality. And this amendment was just fantastic.
2: A few years ago, a great woman, a great person, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, was asked in an interview what amendment she would most like to see added to the United States Constitution. She answered it would be the Equal Rights Amendment. —
3: Chair of the subcommittee, Steve Cohen, he stretched his arms out and said, I understand that that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg, may be watching us. —
2: And just to channel our president, Justice Ginsburg, if you're listening, get us the ERA. (laughs) —
3: Well, of course, everybody in the gallery started applauding, and we were like, how better could you start a hearing in the Judiciary Committee? I heard that you guys did a shadow hearing. We did last June. Why? Because we couldn't get Congress to take us seriously. They simply would not do it. So what
1: happened? You would, you would go to Congress and say, let's talk about the ERA, and what would they say?
3: They would ignore the no action, no consideration whatsoever. It really was a case of thinking that women had no power.
1: This shadow hearing, it was basically a dress rehearsal and it was part of what convinced House members to dust off this hundred year old proposed amendment and consider it just one more time. But I hear that and I think, of course, the ERA had to have a shadow hearing like they also had to do it backwards
3: and in high heels. Right. I love that analogy. Right. Precisely. That was us. You know, I was reading a laundry list of terrible things that would happen if the ERA is passed. And you would think it's Armageddon. You know, it's just the whole country is going to fall apart if women have constitutional equality. But certainly well, it started out as a pretty bipartisan idea, right? It started out as a Republican idea, you know. And uh, we, of course, are now in a different uh, hostile territory. The territory might be hostile but it's also more
1: energized than it's been in decades. To become a constitutional amendment, the ERA has to be passed not just in Congress, but in 38 state legislatures. In 2017, Nevada became the 36th state to pass it. And last year, Illinois became the
3: 37th. We've never been as close as we are now, but we do need a clear and clean 38th state. Should uh, this current era not work, and if we're told no, you're just not going to get it, then we'll start over again. But as I say, you know, I'm looking at you. You will be around if we start over. You'll be around to see it. You may be in a nursing home yourself by the time they get to the vote, and you're a young woman. So we're hoping that we are we're going to pass it now. So can Carol and her colleagues do this,
1: and if they do, is it going to make any difference? Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. On paper, the ERA is a really simple amendment. Three clauses, straightforward language, prohibiting discrimination on the basis of sex. The ERA wouldn't be a magic trick, though women's salaries wouldn't immediately match those of their male counterparts. They wouldn't shoot up to the C-suite overnight. But the ERA promised women recourse to challenge unfair treatment. That message was especially galvanizing for career women, like Carol Jenkins. She was working in TV news in the 1970s when the ERA took the national stage. Can you take me back there? I mean, you were in the workplace sort of watching this play out. And I wonder how different it was for you personally as a woman then and you know whether you saw the ERA moving forward and thought
3: oh you know this is this is going to work out this is we're going to work this out well of course I started in the news business in 1970 and from there until still Women uh, were not paid uh, the same thing that men were, so you would have a, an, an anchor team sitting at the desk. You know, one would be making two million, the other could be making two hundred thousand. You know, that much of a difference uh, in terms of the stories we could cover. You know, fighting with the with the guys who had been in entrenched in their position. So if you have a guy who's been leading politics for 20 years, you don't just suddenly say, oh, well, you know, Carol, you're a great reporter. Why don't you do X, Y, and Z? It's like, let's see what he doesn't want to do and then you can do that. When I went in, I could cover the flower show and some incidental thing. It took a long time to get to the point where I actually got sent to a presidential convention.
1: Well, take me further back because
3: you were a reporter. I was a reporter
1: in the seventies. The first time around, what happened in the seventies when this was first the topic of conversation, and many states ratified it?
3: Yeah, but then it sort of
1: had a full stop. So what happened
3: there? Uh, Phyllis Schlafly happened there. For people who don't
1: know who she is. <laughs> You're like, how can you forget?
3: I know. She's very much on our on our minds because every time we see a current story about the ERA and it has a huge photograph of Phyllis Schlafly, we're like, we've moved so far beyond that. Now, everybody's got problems, but you don't have to look to the Constitution to solve it. We're able to seek our own identity and have our fulfillment, and the home is the most fulfilling for most women. You know, she was given the... Power of having stopped the ERA movement in its tracks based on a list of things that would happen to women. They, they would be drafted, they would have to serve in the military, they would lose their alimony, their, you know, a whole... They wouldn't be protected, They wouldn't be protected. The major objection to the Equal Rights Amendment is that it would take away from women rights and privileges which they now have, which make the husband primarily responsible for the financial support of his wife and children. But If, if they want to be drafted, they could uh, go volunteer. But why do they want to take the right from the rest of women away so that well, we are subject to the draft? But the funny thing about Phyllis Schlafly is that she was a working, she was a lawyer, a working woman. Uh, she wasn't the sort of, you know, person that needed alimony. She probably made more money than her husband did. But she liked to start all of her
1: speeches by thanking her husband, (laughs) right, for letting her be there?
3: Exactly, exactly. So, you know, that was a time of fear when I was reporting during those days. One of the other thing that we always talked about was the pipeline that women were moving through. And don't worry, you know, by the year... XX. Women will be running the major corporations. They'll be at the top of everything. And of course, now we know that that's still not true, you know, so that the pipeline didn't work. And the ERA went down based on a hostile, hostile environment, really much of it against women and their their empowerment.
1: You were friends with Gloria Steinem. And of course, she was very involved with the push for the ERA. Has she ever described to you... What it was like, the excitement of that push and getting all these states to ratify it and then the letdown of like we hit a
3: wall. It was devastating. It was devastating. You know, um, I've talked with many of the women who were engaged, who who uh, went to the states to help them ratify and to get them, you know, to push them. And it was just um, there was a solid wall. Uh, They could not get beyond it. First, the, so the House, it is sad. It's sad and it's wasteful and it's it, it should make this country very, very angry because um, over 60 percent or in many states, over 70 percent of women and men support it.
1: No, when the ERA was first proposed, there was this time deadline put
3: on it. How many years was it originally? Seven. Seven years originally. And then we got a three year extension. And so we had 10 years, uh, but we still didn't make it. And that was because the activity just petered off. The the barrier that we are trying to remove is that deadline that has long expired. So why do you think you can? Because the deadline is only in the preamble. It is not on the amendment that everyone has voted on. This is why Congress held that hearing last week, to try to figure
1: out a way around this deadline. But even though the legal pathway to ratifying this amendment is still a little murky, activists have started trying to move the ball forward anyway. Carol says the Me Too movement, the Women's March, the Kavanaugh hearings, this cultural moment has mobilized ERA activists in a way she just hasn't seen since the 70s.
3: Four years ago, when I started doing uh, this work, joining the board of the ERA coalition, we were saying, oh, the three-state strategy, that'll never happen. (laughs) And and sure enough, then came Nevada, Illinois, and now we just need this uh, 38th state, one more state. We're down to the one-state strategy.
1: Yeah, just in the last, what, two or three years, you've had the ERA pass in Nevada, then pass in Illinois. You're looking for one more
3: state. Tell me what happened this year in Virginia. So in Virginia, we had a huge um, a degree of activity, which has not been the case. I mean, they were uh, VA ratify uh, ERA. Uh, the the key organizing advocate group on the ground was very well coordinated.
1: And, of course, Virginia had begun to become bluer and bluer.
3: Bluer and bluer. So you so, had your eye on them. So we, we we did have our eye on them, and they had a tremendous amount of work going on. I do want to point out an interesting fact, though, that just as Nevada was led by a woman of color, a black woman, Pat Spearman, in Illinois, a woman who was very persuasive, Juliana Stratton, and in Virginia, my goodness, you know, they have Jennifer Carroll Foy, who is the chief sponsor of black woman, I wanna point out that this very much is a woman of color effort, that they that they we have brought this activity to the you know, to the fore mm-hmm. uh, in the legislative houses. Tell me about the opposition, because you flew down to Virginia, right? To oh, see we what were would there. happen? Yes, we we went seven times. We were there to uh, make sure that uh, the opposition, uh, even some women, you know, or, or mostly Republican women, one woman who told us, uh, I have my ERA right on my hip, and that was her gun, right? That was her ERA. That was her equalizer.
1: When someone makes an argument like that, that like my ERA is my gun, mm. how do you
3: come back to that? There is no coming back to that. And that's one of the things that we, that we, realize that when you have someone who is that extreme, you can say, all right, let's give it this old college try, but you know in your heart that they will not change. So what you have to do is to look for the legislators who may change, someone whose mother has said, now you know, take care of the women, <laughs> Now, or someone who has daughters. Did you find people like that? We did. We did. There, there were There were several who did that. In fact, at the very end, when the only option left was to try to put into effect a a special procedure that would allow uh, the House delegates to force the ERA to the floor, Uh, one Republican came over to the Democratic side and voted with us on the ERA. So you have to look for that malleability. Did he talk to you about why he switched his vote? He was one who had... Uh, a wife and children in a district that uh, was turning blue. <laughs> we still think of it in terms of the math and the magic. So the math is against us, sometimes just a little bit, or sometimes dramatically in some states. But the magic, that one person who will walk across the aisle and say, okay, you know, for whatever reason he or she is doing it, Uh, I'm gonna give women their equality in this country because it just doesn't make any sense not to.
1: But in the end, in the Virginia Statehouse, math beat magic.
0: It was called a Hail Mary, a final push. We are voting on the principles that will shape our Constitution. House Democrats pitch a rules change that would force a floor vote on the Equal Rights Amendment. Ratification by Virginia would enshrine equality for women in the U.S. Constitution.
1: I fight for equality without an apology
2: i believe that my concerns were and remain well grounded in facts and law and history
0: what was likely the final debate of 2019 did not change the outcome eyes uh, 50 nose 50 eyes uh, 50 nose 50 the resolution is defeated one house republican sided with democrats despite passing the senate the house of delegates defeated the era again
1: so carol and her fellow activists They're still working towards their last state, State 38. And while she's optimistic, she says this last push is just not going to be easy. One of the central arguments against the ERA is that we've addressed these concerns already. You know, we've done a soft ERA with individual pieces of legislation and, you know, women can fight in the military. Women are protected against workplace discrimination. What do you say when people say that to you?
3: Well, mostly I say generally take a look at the the condition of women in this country. They are the poor people of America. Women and their children are not benefiting from most of the perks that we hear about, how wonderful the economy is. Women are still the poorest people, and their children are impoverished. They can't feed them. They have trouble finding homes. Uh, so, that's an example of if we have legislation to deal with all of this, why do we have this extreme poverty and extreme lack of equality? But will a constitutional amendment fix it? It will. Ultimately, yes, it will, because so much of the legislation that you have now can be changed by the next Congress that comes in, the next state legislature. They're not permanent support, and the amendment to the Constitution is permanent support. It's also widespread support. A lot of the ways that the amendments, the earlier amendments that we have, the way that works is money. In other words, you can challenge your case if you can hire a lawyer. And if you need a really good lawyer, that's going to cost you a lot of money. So a constitutional amendment would give those women a better shot at having their rights automatically without having to spend thousands on fighting for their, you know, for their rights, on fighting for a day, you know, in the the courts. You're saying women wouldn't have to fight in the same
1: way. And I guess the idea is that eventually that would be true. But if a constitutional amendment like this passed, I think you'd see more fighting in the court in the first 50 years as we try to figure out what the thing means, right? It's a very vague piece of, you know, it's a very vague constitutional amendment. And so my hypothesis is that if if the ERA gets passed, it means all of a sudden we are going to be fighting this out in the judiciary, a judiciary that's become more and more conservative over the last couple of decades. And to me, that does sort of scare
3: me a little bit. Right. But I think we have the groundswell that we saw in the last election that shows us that our country is moving in a new direction. So I think that, yes. We expect court fights up the kazoo. I mean, this is going to be, you know, as we say in the ERA coalition, our work is only started once we have the 38th state, because then uh, it will be a free for all. uh, And but I think a fun one, because, you know, what we're holding on to is the equality of women. Okay, fight us on it.
1: The other argument against the ERA is about abortion. And I wonder how you speak with women who are anti-choice, who you also think believe in women's equality. And how do you speak to them about what this amendment could do, because the idea is that if you have an ERA, it means that medical procedures are equal. And of course, you know, medical procedures for women are equal to men. And so ab- abortion
3: must be legal. Well, but abortion is the law of the land. Abortion is a right to privacy issue. So it really isn't it's not our focal point right now. It's settled law so that the ERA is not particularly about abortion. You know, recently I met uh, Anne Schlafly-Corsi, Phyllis Schlafly's daughter, a lovely person, you know. uh, We disagree profoundly on how women's rights can be achieved. She's taken up her mother's charge, right? Yes, she has, she has. And, you know, the difference is, I think, is that we have a difference of opinion with them, but they really hate us. <laughs> so it's it's hard to have a conversation when, when you see the kinds of things that you know that they that they say. What was the conversation? Well, we went to a briefing of theirs. Uh, you know, there was a, a point where uh, the ERA coalition did a briefing in the House of uh, Representatives, and the opposition to the ERA did a briefing as well. And you know, their uh, Position is that this destroys uh, womanhood; it's the end of uh, the the world for women of America if the ERA gets gets passed. So that you know they bring up, they do bring up abortion; they do bring up equal rights for you know LGBT. Uh, these are all things that they are opposed to, you know. But this is not about abortion. This is about equal rights in pay equity, in recourse for sexual and domestic abuse for a pregnant woman who's working and is fired or taken off her duties because she's pregnant. There are so many issues that are up front and center for equality uh, that we want people to take note of that. Well, for you, it's not about abortion. But for them, it is, right? Right. That's, I know. And there we are. So there's, uh, you know, I don't hold out any hopes of convincing them, you know, our attitude about people who are so... So uh, set in their views and, you know, reasonable people have to say people are entitled to, you know, to their views. We just hope that there are enough people who understand the focal point of the Equal Rights Amendment that is not engaged on the abortion issue. And we have a lot of uh, Republicans who are for life Hmm. and are for the Equal Rights Amendment. Could
1: you ever imagine getting in a room and hashing it out? with someone like Phyllis Schlafly's daughter and just saying, like, listen, what can we agree to here? Well,
3: I think that we agree that we're going to disagree. (laughs) I think that's just where we are. Carol,
1: thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you so much. Love, love talking with you. Carol Jenkins is the co-president and CEO of the ERA Coalition and the Fund for Women's Equality. Alright, that's the show. What Next is hosted by me, Mary Harris, and produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, and Anna Martin. Today we had help from Samantha Lee. If you want to find me during the day when I'm not talking in front of a microphone, find me on Twitter. I'm at Mary's desk. Alright, I'll talk to you tomorrow.